Wild, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? You know how I told you uh, a couple weeks ago that I've been buying um, Kindle books in my sleep? Yeah, you, you mentioned that this was a thing that was happening. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been doing it again. <laughs> This is, is this like a medical, con- like, is this recognized by the medical community as a, as a condition? I mean, it is, I read my Kindle to unwind because I have an old Kindle that's not backlit. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's no paper white, but it's like an old Kindle. So it doesn't, you know, have backlighting. Right. So I read it to get sleepy and I end my night by browsing the, um, the shop and mm-hmm. I, wind up clicking things, uh, clicking uh, one click uh, by now before I doze off to sleep. So I'm like, I think it literally is like I push my finger like as I am sleeping and it, I wake up in the morning with an email <laughs> on my phone that says, here's your purchase of this book. So, um, you know, the holiday season is coming up and if anyone wants to to relieve a tremendous financial burden and send me an Amazon gift card just to leave in my account to, to like help. Because the worst part is I could return these books, but it's always something I want to read. So I'm like, well, I'm, it was only $3. Right. I might as well keep it. <laughs> so, so that's rankingballcast.gmail.com yeah. if you want to email me a, um, <laughs> if you just have like find in your heart to send us a five dollar gift card to help me in my bank account at home. <laughs> and you know it is that time of year so if you're feeling particularly charitable you know we do uh accept paypal uh cash deals done in the parking lot of the local mall and in all seriousness we have an amazon wish list of movies that we want to do on the show that aren't currently streaming that we can tell. Oh yeah. So like, and, and some of those are out of print. So like used copies are fine. Or like if you want to burn it to a DVD and just mail it to us, <laughs> that's totally cool. too. Yeah. Which I, I, I feel like a rube because I still think like, Oh boy, you can burn DVDs because I'm like, I feel like it blew my mind when I was like 16 and still I'm like, wait, you can take a whole movie and put it on a And so I'm um, very simple and very small. Um, yeah, and my coworker's like, you don't have a BD-ROM? And I'm like, what? They make them? <laughs> and you're like, BD Wong is a, is a national treasure. I'll, I'll thank you to keep his name out of your <laughs> Um Which also, so, by the way, one of the things that annoyed me most about Jurassic World, aside from everything, because I fucking hate that piece of shit movie, is why is BD Wong there? And if you have BD Wong reprising his role as, like, lab coat guy number three from the original Jurassic Park... Why not give him more to do? And why have him be in there where he's like, yeah, I was there at uh, Isla Nubler before where everybody died and fucking velociraptors ate everybody's fucking heads. And that's why I'm also here to do it again? Like, they just... Yeah, it's very bad character motivation. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen um, Fallen Kingdom because I um, would rather die. But I think it's also because Jurassic World, like, it's... I. I I don't know. Maybe I was expecting too much out of a Jurassic Park movie, but it might actually be the worst movie in that franchise. Probably worse than Jurassic Park 3, because at least Jurassic Park 3 gave me the dream sequence with the talking raptor. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) We need to do that on this fucking show. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, we do. Um, So this week, the ghoul ghoul shit that I've been into, um, I've been rereading Clive Barker's novella The Hellbound Heart, 
Um, and I'm mourning the fact that in so in the Hellbound Heart, uh, Pinhead uh, has the voice of like a six year old girl, and Ugh. I kind of want to see, like, I kind of want to dub over. Uh, Doug Bradley where it's like your suffering will be legendary even in hell and like have a tiny voice like superimposed over it because you know you get Doug Bradley doing the 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 deep dulcet tones and honestly the novella is so different from the movie but also I I sort of love that like okay so Hellraiser is not a not a good movie but I love it for what it is like for a movie that came out in the late 80s where they were like all right uh Clive Barker has the ability to make a movie. So here's that. I mean, I would I would come out and say it is one of the most uh, befuddling film franchises, <laughs> except we've also ranked several uh, <laughs> Children of the Corn movies. We've done a non-zero number of Children of the Corn movies. Actually, uh, so I think the longest-running horror franchise, of which we have not done a single movie, Quincy, are you familiar with the Witchcraft movies? See, I thought it was, I thought you were going to say the Amityville horror movies. Oh, there are way too many Amityville horrors, but apparently the longest-running uh, horror franchise, which basically, I would say around, like, part four or so, just devolved into straight-up Skinamax. Uh, it's these movies <laughs> called uh, Witchcraft, and so there's, like, Witchcraft 8, The Guy That Eats Faces, or Witchcraft 20. Like, it's... Uh, sort of vaseline lenses and sort of soft lighting and it's obviously it was meant to titillate uh teenagers who can't afford pornography um that's pretty much or like people that so so what did the collapse of blockbuster do to that corner of the strength video market because i mean blockbuster probably carried i'm i'm not able to say for sure but i can almost guarantee blockbuster carried that but did not carry uh right and i i feel like have all of them just gone over to vod at this point like there, there are so many things on vod that i wonder if they like wouldn't have been able to actually get the distribution uh because with vod like if you shoot it on digital that's like the bulk of the money you're spending on shooting it and then I think, it, you know, I, I, it makes me wonder about, like, whether it's actually made movies more easily accessible than when you could just slap it on a DVD and throw it in the bargain bin at Dave's Video Shack. Well, I would say that these have gone away, except I've been on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, and, like, everything is uh, oh, free yeah. on Amazon yeah. Prime. And nothing straight up says porn, but everything says, like, adult well, interest, now- <laughs> and it's pretty much... Yeah, that's... Well, and this is kind of one of the things that I have where it's... uh, I respect a movie, and this does lead into one of the movies that we're going to be talking about. I respect a movie that has the courage to hang dong. Um, Because now, and this is also, you know, when I think of Game of Thrones or Prestige TV where it's sort of like, you know, to to show our discerning audience that this is a very serious show for serious people, we're going to bring out some titties. And they just come flopping out of cupboards. The ground bubbles up with tits. Like... I don't know if the makers of these shows know that if I want to look at porn, I can just go on the internet. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it strikes me as being very sort of June. It's very peewee as, as a sort of like, well, to think that it's transgressive to throw tits up on screen. Oh, and Witchcraft 9 Bitter Flesh is on Amazon. <laughs> okay, we should do one of the Witchcraft movies for this podcast. <laughs> so I think what it is, it's a very like, antiquated notion because it's almost like when you watch 
Blood Harvest or a Jalo. It's like, oh, isn't that cute that it used to be that it was easier to get a horror movie than a porno tape? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you I... didn't have to go behind the bead curtain to get Psychos in Love, uh, but you did have to go behind the beaded curtain to get actual. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that as genres go, I feel like horror movies, especially when they were mostly on VHS format, uh, it's like the weather-beaten piece of porn in the woods of genres where it's like nobody's really like I feel like porn and horror are are sort of bundled together in a way that porn isn't really bundled with other stuff because nobody's exactly doing like a rom-com and also like a, a, a gross porn like horror I, I don't know it, it, it's sort of in, in my brain occupies the same place of like stuff my mom wouldn't let me watch yeah and and then you know it makes the jump over to repenetrator the reanimator <laughs> porn parody you're just like okay, i have definitely sure. seen repenetrator um i've also seen the nightmare on elm street uh parody porn and it's about what you'd think he's got the dildo hands um but so this is this is kind of my thing is i i respect a horror movie that has the strength of its convictions to just fucking have a weird dangly wiener just popping out on screen not sexualized just sort of like a flap of raw chicken because like dicks are funny like intrinsically they look like muppet noses yeah so so we're talking about mandy it's on shutter uh who is our sponsor it is um it's got a dick in it and i when i saw the dick i was like god bless him they did it (laughs) they just put that guy's sad penis (laughs) On the screen. Yeah, which also hilariously, I was actually, um, initially I was going to use that as the uh, uh, lead in to talk about Revenge, because that movie also hangs Dong. So at least <laughs> both of them, so clearly if you have a Shudder exclusive and you've got the ability to make the movie you want to make, um, you can throw wieners in there. And that's... Full frontal, man. Full frontal. And that's, you don't have to worry about distribution. Like if it's on VOD, and, like... And notoriously, like, full frontal penis gets like a nc-17 right like the mpaa are like very big sticklers about male genitalia they really so don't like really shutter has tapped into that niche market of hanging wing yeah bags. i mean like we are the flesh features like graphic sex acts and it's done in a way that's like i don't I, like the fact that it was in there i was which by the way um kids listen li- listen to your uncle ryan do not put on we are the flesh when you are at work um it's a very bad idea. Or ever? <laughs> or, or ever. It's not a good It's not a good movie. But, like, I, I had put it on because I was like, I, I liked the title. So I was like, oh, boy, We Are the Flesh. I remember somebody saying something about it and hadn't remembered, like, it's basically incest porn. Yeah, you didn't remember the something was, hey, don't watch it. <laughs> For fuck's sake. So, yeah, learn from my mistakes. Don't put on uh, graphic, uh, pornographic horror at work. Um, but, so, Mandy is a bad movie. Okay, so... Mandy has failed to learn from history. Yeah. Mandy presents itself as a love letter to Grindhouse Cinema. It is a revenge film, except it it falls into the exact same blunder that Death Wish 2 falls into, which is to have a gratuitously long beginning mm-hmm. and a shamefully short revenge sequence yeah i and 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 this except it's to the extreme because cosmos panatos is in love with long shots and long takes and thinks he's smart and the 
first half of the movie is a fucking hour of Oof. nothing and a gel of pink gels and blend and layering shots on top of each other. So Mandy's face turns into the cult leader's face, turns back to Mandy's face. Yeah, it's it's upsetting, and I think it's also uh, so uh, Cosm Cosmatos is it pronounced? Um, I don't know I don't the guy know. that made Mandy. Um, he now the the long shots thing. That just makes me, th- like, the problem is there are, n- all right, stuff happens in Mandy that there is no fucking reason for the long shots. Yeah, there's no logic no, in no, this right, movie. Like, it's just weird for the sake of being weird. It's weird for the sake of being weird, and also the long shot, like, it's like he saw a bunch of other stuff doing cool long shots and thought, hey, I bet I could do a long shot, and it's like, okay, so, wh- wh- why? And he's like... I don't know, because it, it seemed like the thing to do, and all of my film school friends really like long shots. Yeah, it, it's almost like the movie doesn't click until Bill Duke shows up, and then you're uh-huh. like, that's Bill fucking Duke. and But then, like, it can't be just a good, dumb movie, because it's very much a Nicolas Cage makes a weird axe, a weird chrome axe, and, like, kills acid bikers and that might be demons and one of them has a knife cock and like there's a chainsaw <laughs> fight and there's uh ralph bakshi style melting skull anime and like all that stuff's cool but then panos cosmatos can't let you forget that he's smart right so he's gotta have bill duke say shit like this arrow will tear through uh flesh like a fat kid through cake or like Nick Cage has to light his fucking cigarette from the burning skull of the guy he just decapitated and it's like we get it you think you're smart yeah that's exactly right it's too afraid to just be dumb well it's too afraid to just be dumb but also the problem the thing is that it's got fucking Nicolas Cage in a lead role like motherfucker why do you imagine i am watching this movie it's because nicholas cage yells a lot and i really like the movie face off because it's fucking insane and it so all right so for those of our listeners who may not have seen mandy i i feel like we should maybe do well i mean we can't really exactly spoil it because it's the central conceit of the film um it's a fridging movie it's literally yeah. they kill mandy and he takes revenge on mandy yeah, it's a it's a it's a fridging film that you know from the outset. It says in the little blurb while you like before you click on Shutter. And so the problem with that is knowing that this is a revenge movie. Um, it's also motherfucking 2018. If you're going to blatantly f- do like stuff someone in the fridge for a for a film in 2018, you better have a good goddamn reason for it, or like something to subvert that trope, or something to wrap around it or to comment on it. The problem is that when you spend 30 minutes with your fucking finger up your nose to the third joint with Nicolas Cage, like when they're sort of talking about bullshit and like he can, you can tell that he's going like for like Tarantino-esque uh, verbal back and forth. The problem is that it's not interesting and I don't fucking care. Um, well, that's because Nick Cage's character, Red, has zero characterization, except that mm-hmm. his wife just died. That's and he happens to thing. be good at all this stuff. Which yeah, they he, don't explain why, because they want it to be like, oh, mystery is past. You know a movie that did that well 
was your next, where they're like, oh, oh yeah. by the way, this woman is a survivalist. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Oh, well, this is a dumb movie with crossbows. Yeah. Let's get at it. This movie is like, well, we can't just have a dumb movie with crossbows. We have to explain it. Yeah, and I don't want that fucking explanation. Like, And, and also, with over-explaining things, uh, so this is obviously a psychedelic movie. The problem with it is... It's like being trapped in the worst conversation ever with a guy that just did, like, two hits of acid. And Well, the problem with an acid movie is the same problem with a creative writing class where someone writes an acid story. Mm-hmm. It cannot be judged as good or bad because it's just weird. Yeah, that's the problem is you're opting out of any kind of, like, anything about your movie that doesn't work or that's weird or shifty. If we point at it and go, but wait, why the fuck? You can just go, blah, psychedelic, and, like, completely bypass any kind of actual internal logic. And that's my problem is, like, I don't need... The problem is that it both over-explains and under-explains things yeah, at the same like, time. Yeah, it's like, well, they're, they're bikers that took bad acid, but they're also demons, maybe? <sighs> Maybe demons, and it's like, I don't know. Because there's a green glow, but we're just not going to explain that part, even though we've pain- we've taken an hour to explain everything uh, else that you don't care about. We're going to leave the one thing that's interesting about this movie and just skip over it. <laughs> How does that guy have a knife for a penis? Doesn't matter. Yes, that's what I want is the... I want to know how dude gets a knife dick. I want to know yeah. what's under their masks. I want to know that kind of shit, not what this uh, psychedelic cult is that they don't even really deal with after the first hour. I mean, he kills them, but it is very quick. No, right. And the problem is that, like, the cult in this is like the cult in the movie Cobra that seems largely based around clanking axes together. Like, it's this... All right, so for for those of our listeners who may not have seen the movie Mandy, it is streaming on Shudder right now. Go get Shudder immediately. It's uh, the best, like, five bucks you'll ever spend a month. Um, Way better than Netflix. Oh, or, yeah, also, wait, is it on Netflix? No, it's better than Netflix. Oh, it's, oh, Shudder is better than Netflix. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, because Netflix just has a very bad horror selection. So, the movie Mandy features this, it's set in 1983. Which also, really? Like, why do you need to say 83? Because, like, retro? Yeah. Because, hey, hey, Ryan? Yeah. Nick Cage wears a tiger on his shirt because, man... You just wait and you unleash him, and he's like a tiger. He's gonna hunt you down. Oh wow! So he's like that. He was the tiger all along. It was actually yeah. in a cage. Yeah, it and then even... and then like oh shit, the guy lets the literal tiger out of the cage because like <laughs> when they killed Mandy, they let him out of his cage. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just get extremely fucking real? Yeah, this fucking movie. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. That's and, the kind of literal visuals that this director's like, I'm so smart. Yeah, it's now. Yeah, the, the director, of, I think that's the problem is like, this is a movie made to impress your shitty film school buddies. But there's also big titty anime, like heavy metal mm-hmm. style melting faces in it. Like, animated well, we bits right, with, like... Well, and the thing is, like, this is... Uh, there's, like, an ideological conflict at the heart of this movie that doesn't actually work or pan out, where it's, like, metalheads versus hippies. Yeah. So, Nicolas Cage and Mandy um, are living out in the middle of fuck-off nowhere, and they're trying to keep, you know, a low profile, because both of them have... It's hinted that both of them have dark pasts, but really, who gives a shit? 
And eventually, uh, the head of this cult uh, sees Mandy and goes, oh, Mandy's really pretty. We should kill and possess her. Um, and so that, the, the entire first hour of this movie is, involves, like, Mandy getting kidnapped, and then the cult leader goes on this dumb, stupid rant for, like, ten straight minutes, and it's all nonsense. And at this point, like, my... Here's, here's the thing. Here's what I realized. If they had just gone more quickly into the wild psychedelic violence, and it was also Nicolas Cage screaming at the top of his lungs, I'd probably really like Mandy. Yeah, because I'm, I'm telling you, if you start it with the scene with Bill Duke, and you just mm-hmm. say, hey, before this, Mandy dies. So wait, what, describe the scene with Bill Duke. When he shows up to the so so Nick Cage shows up to a trailer and mm-hmm. knocks on the door and Bill Duke's grizzled ass opens the door and says "fuck off" and Nick Cage says "I need that thing you're holding for me" and there's a giant crossbow that Bill Duke is just holding on to because they're clearly or in a military uh, group just like the mercenaries in Predator. <laughs> and they talk for a minute, and then Nick Cage forges a fucking axe ice pick thing and then goes and kills everybody. Because, <laughs> like, because why not? You know, why not? Yeah, um, and everyone is going to tell you Cheddar Goblin is the breakout star of 2018. Overhyped. Yeah, yeah, actually, Cheddar Goblin, so there's, so the scene in this movie, um, which you can tell uh, Cosmatos was watching the YouTube uh, classic supercut, Nicolas Cage loses his shit, that's just like 10 minutes of edited together footage of him screaming in movies, Um, and so his wife, now, he's just watched his wife get burned alive, and then it's him, like, clutching her charred corpse, and like, and it's like... At, at this point, all right, the first hour of this just feels really fucking manipulative because you, if you're clicking on this movie, you know it's basically Death Wish. Yeah. Like, you know that this is a movie about fridging, and so you know that's what this movie is all about. And so you're like, look, if you're going to fridge her, can you get your thumb out of your ass and stop fucking around? It's almost like he's trying to trick you into thinking he's not going to do it, and then he does it in the most extreme way possible. So it's like it's like yeah. boredom. It's it's shock through boredom because we go through yeah. all of this meandering, you know, navel gazing psychedelia, and then they set her on fire and say the darkest horrors burn the brightest, and we watch her burn to death, and then we watch the wind literally blow her bone fragments into the wind, and we watch Nick Cage lose his shit, and then it's almost like. We've all seen bad exploitation movies. We don't need a reason for violence because we're grizzled right. goblins. Just show exactly. it to us. Just skip the unnecessary exposition and just jump into it. That's exactly right. I feel like by the time they jump into it, so Nicolas Cage, uh, so Cheddar Goblin, uh, Nicolas Cage goes back to his house and he's just watched his wife get um, fried in front of him. And he's, like, dealing with the reality of this, and he's, like, sobbing and screaming. And then as he's, like, trying to come to terms with having just watched his wife get turned into a crispy pork rind, there's a there's a dumb commercial on TV for a thing called Cheddar Goblin. And Cheddar Goblin is, like, it's, it's the entire idea is supposed to be 
you know, this is funny because there's a banal commercial occurring while this horrible thing has just happened. The problem is that it's a psychedelic horror movie, and it's I I'm I was so bored by the time it rolled around that I was like. I was so annoyed because it was like, oh yeah, see, it's funny because this is a banal commercial called Cheddar Goblin after something terrible just happened. And he, it's like an insult that he has to sit through this. And it's like, I was, I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so here's the thing that frustrates me about this movie. If it was mm-hmm. the Canon film group film, the Canon film group by way of Ralph Bakshi uh, mindfuck that it wants to be, in 1987, mm-hmm. it would have never been made because half of it would have le- been left on the cutting room floor because it could not have fit exactly on a right. tape and because everyone would have said there's too much talking and not enough violence. So yeah, exactly. I am Doesn't... calling for someone to recut this with just the second, re- just the second half and to change the soundtrack from ambling ambient guitar to synthwave and make it the movie that it's supposed to be the movie it man, says it's going to be man honestly the synthwave in this is one of the things that bugged me a lot which is like okay you mean the lack of synthwave well no because like there was there was a lot of uh synthwave in this where it was just sort of like or it was just like using this little like sort of farty sounding korg synthesizer to, like there were bits of it that were obviously like trying to do retro um synth it wasn't quite synth wave, but it was like ambient synth. My all right, my, my my beef with that, which is also my beef with the long takes in this, which is also my beef with the metalheads versus hippies thing, which is also my beef with the psychedelia. Why? Why? Like, what is the okay? So if it, this, is, this a movie, is a movie that says nothing, but it's pretending it like it's saying something. Well, it says nothing and it means nothing, and it is very impressed with itself. Uh, now, my my. That, that's my beef with the synth. It's like, okay, so if this movie is an ideological battle between metalheads and hippies, where metalheads are actually pretty good people who just want to be left alone and the hippies are bad hippies, then like, okay, so if it's heavy metal versus folk, basically, as genres, where where's the fucking heavy metal? Like, why? Right. You've got there's all these black, black metal, metal graphics. imagery without yeah. any black metal. Yeah, like there's no actual, especially if it's in 1983. I feel like if well, they see, had made. Well, see, that's also bad about the timing. Is they should have just left the year off and just let it be. Basically, they should have taken the Riverdale yeah. path or the Sabrina path, where you're just like, "What year is this supposed to be? I don't get it." But you don't care because it's cool <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, look, it could be 1985, it could be 2020. We don't. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, like if they had um, made. 1983 sounding metal like Quiet Riot or Y&T or Anvil or Grim Reaper or something that would have been something but it's like I this is my problem is like after watching Beyond the Gates and that other thing that was on Shutter that was basically video dra- video drum for the recently lobotomized um, where it's like if you've got a synthwave soundtrack or like Fender Bender was a, is a movie that's available online that is meant to be an 80s throwback slasher. And it's I just, believe it's got Bender is in, and I feel... on... I think Fender Bender is on Shudder. <laughs> Fender Bender's on Shudder. Like, all of these movies, and I hate to say it, It Follows also, I think is kind of... Um, I blame It Follows for using retro synth and making everybody think that that's just the cool thing to do now. Because, like, look, I love Synthwave. I make Synthwave. I like Synthwave a whole lot. 
have a reason for it. Like, don't... If, if the entire point of... Now, in, in a thing like Mandy, where it's like synth score... Um, which, uh, you know, is also very sad because the composer for this movie did die, and it's very sad. Mandy is um, dedicated to him. Uh, Johan Johansson, I think. Uh, which, also, if you're Scandinavian, that gives you plus eight to synthesizers, I think, like when you're rolling your character sheet. Yeah. Um, but the soundtrack does not... It was a soundtrack for a different movie than this movie. Right. It did not match. No, none of it. It's it's a giant mix and match of things that I'm meant to like, and I just fucking hate it. I, also, I, I just hate this movie. Nick Cage puts on the biker's jacket with the Lucifer sigil, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like, oh, badass, except he's supposed to hate those guys, so by putting on their jacket, he's he is those guys, which also doesn't make any fucking sense. So there's no symbolism that works in this movie no none and then even then i don't buy the central relationship like all right so if we're if we're looking at subversion now if we're looking at the classic death wish revenge movie thing um which is itself a garbage fucking concept and always was where it's like oh no you killed my sister's wife's girlfriend um and i don't know like if you're gonna do that you have to subvert it in some way and i think this movie thought we're going to subvert the Death Wish formula by spending 30 fucking minutes with this couple to get you more invested so that when she gets murdered by the Manson family or whatever the fuck, you'll be more invested and be sadder and feel better about Nicolas Cage uh, having a chainsaw fight. Which pisses and on the problem my... Is that I think which, that makes it worse. Yeah, and, and what pisses on my grizzled old man heart is that... Okay, so here's what makes me mad. Death Wish 2 literally has Mm -hmm. a 30-minute rape scene in it. So it's not even subverting that. Because it's like... It's the Big Bang Theory of exploitation movies. It pretends that it's the thing that you want. It pretends it knows what it is. But it's not. Ryan, this movie is not for us. This movie is for people that think horror movies are stupid and can't bear to see them it's for the intelligentsia who has written off horror as lowbrow crap which is frankly very insulting to me as someone who (laughs) spends every week doing a podcast and i know this this hobby and this genre is is very um niche but you know don't it it is so irksome when people are like, yeah. oh, I hate horror. Because I'm like, well, that's very fair. You don't have to do that. But then people that are like, you know, because mm-hmm. it's all like this, it's like, no. There are there are plenty of reasons to hate horror, but they have to be like, I don't know, real reasons. Actual, you can't just say. Actual, actual reasons. Yeah, because it's always a guy with a knife. And that's not been the case in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that's that hasn't been the case since the scream boom. And 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 this is also um yeah, I think the fact that Nicolas Cage is in the lead role in this, it absolutely caters to irony poison dipshits who don't like horror anyway. Yeah. Ryan, I'm so tired. <laughs> Can we just rank this movie? <laughs> Okay, so what's a better psychedelic movie? Godzilla versus a, a giant toxic trash heap, Hedera, or Mandy? <laughs> Wait, I maybe, all right, before we rank it, we should, in the interest of fairness, talk about some of the stuff we liked with Mandy. Uh, he decapitates a dude with a weird axe that he cast himself because... 
I think Panos Cosmetos is like, what are all the things that I kind of like? Oh, I've been watching Forge for Fire on Hulu. Let's throw a forging scene in. Holy shit. That's, yeah, that had to be the genesis of that. This bullshit will cut. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, there's there's that. The, uh, hmm. You know what? I just remembered another thing that annoyed me. It starts with an epigram about rock and roll. Oh, yeah. And put on headphones and rock me till I'm dead. Yeah. Or something. I don't care. Fuck's sake. Um, I mean, yeah, it like starts some... with King Crimson, which rules. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Don't make me resent King Crimson. I love King Crimson. It... Oh. Uh, now, a thing that I did like about the movie... Um, I'm a sucker for psychedelia. I really liked, like, a lot of the visuals in this. They meant nothing and were nothing, but they were very pretty to look at. Like, there's the scene where the the head of the cult uh, is babbling like an asshole, uh, and his face is, like, slowly morphing in and out of Mandy's face. And, like, that was pretty dope. Um, some of the, uh, like, the bit when the cult is singing, I thought that was neat. I, the practical effects are pretty good. I also like that literally being a metalhead saves Mandy from joining a cult. <laughs> yeah, I honestly... Because she's like, your music is terrible, I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> Which is legit. Do you want to spend the rest of eternity listening to Strawberry Alarm Clock? Uh, now, the thing is, like, you could easily do a double feature with The Devil's Candy and Mandy. Yeah. With just sort of metalheads make good. Um, all right, so for so th those are things that I like about Mandy, but also the thing that I don't understand, and I, I don't want to tweet spicy about it anymore because like a lot of people really liked this movie. They do, like, and a, and a lot of people. I think my favorite take was love it or hate it, you're gonna have something to say, and yeah. that is very true. Yeah, I would way rather have a movie like that than a, a horror movie, and there are lots of them where it's just sort of the medium place, where you're like, eh. It's like Gremlin fine. Singular? <laughs> yeah, like Gremlin Singular. Uh, this movie, like, I do love that it's uh, so divisive, and that, I mean, I mean, like, Mother, for example, is a very, very bad movie, and it's dumb, but I love that it caused so many conversations about horror. Um, I thought that was neat. Now, this movie... It's bad. It's just bad. The, the the dialogue is bad. The plotting is old and bad. Nicolas Cage is a gift and we love him, but also... I love Nicolas Cage. I don't love him that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He um, cannot carry this movie. No. Um, it's... Jesus Christ. I, and, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think... For me, it's also, how are you going to make me resent psychedelic, hyper-violent horror? Like, that is, my, that is my specific, like, if you had, if there were body horror in that, it, I would be, I would show up on the first day like a kid on Christmas, like, great, psychedelia and body horror and, like, crazy violence, and then they somehow managed to fuck that up, and that's just very, very sad. So, looking at the list, all right, if we're talking about uh, metalheads versus hippies, is this movie better or worse than the OG Heavy Metal from 1981? It is worse, because yeah. Heavy Metal <laughs> actually rules a lot. It rules ghouls and also has actual Heavy Metal in it, so I feel yeah. like i got to give the edge to Heavy Metal on that one. I do, all right, Ryan, I know, I know my floor is, for this. An astronaut drives a car from space through <laughs> the atmosphere and drives down the road. John Candy voices a kid who turns into a barbarian. Yeah, and it is such, like, 
id libido so like good. fantasy characters on backs and notebooks kind of movie that it just works really oh well. yeah oh yeah it's incredible um now the i know the floor for me this movie is definitely better than the fog okay so here's the problem with saying that it's better than the fog you're then saying it's better mm-hmm. than crimson peak Ooh, I really like Crimson Peak. In in terms of visual, both are movies with striking visuals that really say nothing. But I think Crimson Peak wins. <laughs> yeah, Crimson Peak is beautiful, but also says nothing, which is perfectly fine. Like, I don't need a gothic love story to be about anything other than uh, love being very sad and also having a house that's too big. Um, th- those are just classic themes, I think. So... Ah, fuck. Crimson Peak is definitely better. Um, oh, is, all right. Is it better than the Bye Bye Man? <laughs> I saw the cursor moving down to the Bye Bye Man at number 280. All right, all right. Quincy, are we ready to scorch this earth? Are, okay. we, are we ready to do possibly one of the most outrageously shitty things we've ever done on this podcast? And are we brave enough to admit that the Bye Bye Man is a better movie than Mandy. Okay, here's the deal. Last year, we said the Bye Bye Man was better than Better Watch Out was last year's Critical Darling about the same time. Oh, people are wrong. God, and that was, that was a Shutter exclusive too. Yeah, yeah. Oof, also, oof, that, 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 that still says they're not, that Spooky Buddies is worse. <laughs> All right. So which is worse? Spooky Buddies, a movie about sacrificing literal puppy souls, or Mandy featuring Nicolas Cage? Mandy is better than Spooky Buddies. <laughs> All right, yeah, we can we can we can I would definitely... willfully watch Mandy again. I don't really want to watch Spooky uh, Buddies anymore. See that's the problem is I couldn't even put on Spooky Buddies to like show someone else how fucked up this movie is because it's a very bad movie, so it's not even like a fun thing to put on. It's just like, wait, you're really putting on spooky buddies at my birthday party? Um, yeah, so, all right, here's the question. Is Mandy better or worse than Chud 2, Bud the Chud? Oh, it's definitely better than Chud 2. <laughs> here's yeah, where I'm Yeah, I think looking. it's better than Thinner. The Color Out of Space is very poorly made. Oh, The Color Out of Space is inept. Like, I mean, say what you will about uh, Panos Cosm- Cosmatos, Cosmatos, um... It's a lot of it is shot very well and looks very pretty. So in that sense, it's 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 far better than the By My Man because it actually has <laughs> directorial vision. Yes, I also think it's pr- all right. It's probably better than than uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare featuring yeah. John Michael Thor. Right, because that movie is fucking unbearable. Speaking of an <laughs> actor who cannot carry the premise of a movie. Oh yeah, rock and roll nightmare. I that that movie took years off my life. Um, now, all right. Here's the question: Is Mandy better or worse than The Island of Doctor Moreau, directed by Alan Smithy? Okay, not directed by Alan Smithy. Directed by John Frankenheimer. Originally supposed to be directed by Richard Stanley. Um, I would say That's that Cosmatos is a better director because Frankenheimer clearly did not know how to take over that project, and a lot of people right. have. Uh, have su- have submitted that that was in Frankenheimer's decline. It's like one of his last movies, and he was actually like going um, senile, and that's one of the reasons why it was so bad. Also, he's the kind oh, of fuck. guy that would just like yell at his actors to you know do the thing and like you know 
whip them with a bullwhip. <laughs> I mean, for the love of God, Veruza right. Balk tried to flee the country to get out of filming the movie. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like honestly, Veruza Balk served her nickel. Like this is <laughs> she's she's done her time. Like let's let you know. Um all right, so here's the question. Is Mandy better or worse than two-headed shark attack? <laughs> Which would you prefer to watch? The dead eyes of Brooke Hogan being nommed on by a rubber two-headed shark? Or Nick Cage's package and some tidy whities screaming at a tiger? You know what it is? Alright, so I'm probably going to catch Seven Shades of Hell for this. I would put two-headed shark attack above Mandy, and I'll tell you why. Why? I will tell you. I will tell you why. I, w- I would put Two Headed Shark Attack above Mandy. Two Headed Shark Attack is a good hangover movie. You can put that on, no sweat. This is like a Sci-Fi Channel Sunday afternoon movie. It's not too grating. Brooke Hogan's dead eyes aren't going to bother me. I can drift in and out and not have to worry about the plot. Um, Mandy is like it. It makes. I don't know, it commits the sin to me of being both jarring and boring. Yeah. In a way that Two-Headed Shark Attack, goddammit, it is what it is. It is, this would have been the Video Shack uh, DVD thing, like, tucked in, uh, like, tucked behind uh, Mosquito Man and, like, Chupacabra territory. Like, this, it, it, it is what it is in a way that Mandy, <sighs> ah, maybe it's just, like, I know what this movie could have been, and I'm bummed that it's not that. Where Two Headed Shark Attack is like a shitty cheeseburger from a fast food place. It is better than it should be. So it's like, you count your blessings. In this house, we praise <laughs> that Two Headed Shark Attack is as watchable as it is. It could have been far yeah. worse. And also, there was something so fun about watching that with people and just like screaming about how Brooke Hogan has the deadest eyes I have ever seen, and I want to see her in everything. I want Brooke Hogan to be in every horror movie ever made. Um, Do you want uh, Nick Cage to be in any further horror movies? Now, here here's the thing. At least Nicolas Cage was having fun in Mandy. Yeah. Like, I felt like he was... I, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I think Nicolas Cage is an underrated actor in the regard... Now, he's a very bad actor who's bad at acting, and I, I, I'm okay with that because... God damn it, he tries very hard. Like, everything that Nicolas Cage has ever been in, he has no instincts and no, like, natural talent toward acting, but he tries very, very hard, and I appreciate that. Ryan, we've almost spent spent so much time talking about Mandy. (laughs) But here's the problem with putting it below Two-Headed Shark Attack, because we're (laughs) saying that... Well, no, you're right. It, it belongs there. Because it can't go above Mario Bava's The Evil Eye. Oh, definitely not. I will not. I yeah. will not stand for it. Yeah, The Evil Eye is like genuine sleaze. And yeah. and Mandy doesn't have the guts to be sleaze. So that's number 274. Oof, man. We, man. You know what? I will, I will die on this hell. Mandy's a bad movie. Come at me. Um. <laughs> so Ryan, did I tell you I've read... More than one book about Disneyland this week. <laughs> you did not, but I'm desperate to. I'm desperate to hear more. So one of the books I I fell asleep 
reading mm-hmm. was a book by Rand Boyd, which I assume is your objectivist fan fiction screen name. <laughs> yeah, it's, name. It, was, it was either that or Ryan Galt. So I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you saw that one. Yeah. So it's it's he was an ex Imagineer and it's his memoir. But that got me to reading the unauthorized story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion by Jeff Bayham. Because if I'm gonna read about the Haunted Mansion, I want that unauthorized story. Oh, oh yeah, you want that good good. The like you're, good you're trying to get that like back alley sort of Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, this is where you walk into like a place in New York and you're like, This is all really nice, but where's the good stuff? And that's when they so, so produce listen. it from behind the counter. Here is the earth-shattering revelation that Jeff Bayham has dropped on me. So we all know that Walt Disney kind of flirted with fascism, like when when mm. you know Europe was being kind of shitty. Disney is like, well, let's wait before we come out and like and and sh- and endorse uh, shun them here. because because they're a good, you know, viable market and there's a, there's too much money to be made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if there's anything more damning than that, um it is the fact that one of the earliest ideas for the haunted mansion was for guests to walk through what felt like real spider webs in the dark. Ooh. Like the first thing you do, you get on the haunted mansion, you walk through spider webs and have that feeling on your skin and hair the rest of the ride <laughs> see the problem is that you prefaced it with sort of you know how disney flirted with fascism immediately i thought you were like i thought you were gonna fo- f- uh, follow that up with like so they had the idea as soon as you walk in the ghost of adolf hitler comes floating down <laughs> from the ceiling like where is walt gonna take this and then you said Sp- spider webs and i was like all right that's that's probably better than literal nazis i guess at the Haunted but Mansion. not much like i hate to be that spicy <laughs> But that's like a level of sadism that mm-hmm. is is next level. Yeah, because yeah. Although, that's I mean, like a that's like a lizard brain awful feeling. It is. However, also uh, ha- so having been to Disneyland now, have are you familiar with Mister Toad's Wild Ride? It's Buck Wild. It's fucking Buck. Like I had no, I had no idea. I went in cold, okay. And then it's like, okay, so Mr. Toad has a few drinks, gets into a drunk driving accident, dies, and you go to Christian hell. And <laughs> there are heaters in there to make it feel like hell. And there are like tortured souls and shit. And then the doors open and you're outside. And it's like, all right, thanks for coming by. And you're like, I also like that there's a steering wheel to give you a semblance of control. Oh, that's what makes it worse is you're like cranking the goddamn wheel in the other way and it won't go. So you're given the illusion of control and like cast as a drunk driving frog who goes to Christian <laughs> hell. And they thought to themselves, this is good for children. Let's do this. So the last time I went to Disney World, here's here's how long it's been since I've been to Disney World. The last time Mm -hmm. I went to Disney World, uh, we stayed and went. We stayed in 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 Fort Wilderness and like literally camped with the Chipmunks. And for Mm -hmm. Chip and Dale's campfire movie time and marshmallow roast, they literally played Song of the South. Oh boy, that is 
That's very bad. That's extremely yeah. bad. And oh my, my dad God. has pointed out for years, you know, years since, you know, they served beer at that. That was my favorite part was that's oh. one of the places in the park where you can drink is while your kids are eating marshmallows with mascot <laughs> woodland creatures and watching a racist movie. Jesus, that thing of how the new South is just the old South with air conditioning. Like, it's, <laughs> listen, just, it's fine. Have a beer, watch Song of the South. It's fine. Um, J- Jesus, Mary and Joseph. All right, so we have uh, time for one listener, or maybe uh, at least one listener request, which is on uh, our Ask Box on Tumblr. Somebody asked uh, for us to rank the movie Tremors. Scroll up. <laughs> Scroll up to the top of the fucking list. It is... It is outstanding. So, Tremors- can we talk about how Tremors has also a wild trajectory where canonically one of the tr- one of the graboid evolutions is called with the straight face by characters ass blasters. <laughs> you know, God bless this franchise for going completely off the fucking rails. Where they're like, you know what, ass blasters, and that's what you. You know, this is graboid. also the franchise that was clever enough to take us back to the Wild West for the for the genesis of the Graboids and just cast the same actors because they already had crazy mustaches and just said, you're the great, great, great grandparents. That's am- it's amazing. It's like how Ginger Snaps did uh, basically the same movie again, but in Victorian London. Um, yeah, so uh, Tremors, I remember one time I was in the car with uh, Josh Danger and we were, I forget what we were talking about, but we got onto the subject of Tremors. And then for the remaining, like, eight minutes of the car ride, we would just, sh- like, pause and shout at each other, fucking Tremors! And then pound, like, just sort of do, like, victory fist over how much we love the movie Tremors, just because it's, it's, it's perfect. It's a creature feature. You've got fucking Kevin Bacon in the mix. It's desert horror. Um, it, pr- it produces a legitimate cryptid in the horror pantheon. Later on in the franchise, aren't there flying graboids? Yes, the flying graboids are the ass blasters. Those are the ass blasters. That's because right. Because they blast flaming acid out of their butts. <laughs> ass blasters. And, and the well, most and is... recent one, they they have moved to Alaska. Oh yeah, uh, a frozen cold day in hell or something was it? Uh, we we have it. We got a screener of it, but oh, sure. I just have not made myself watch the whole thing. It is <laughs> absolutely a tough watch. You're not trying to watch a late series entry Tremors sequel. Um, I you know honestly. I love that Tremors does the thing that thanks so many franchises. Universal, but <laughs> thanks Universal, but no thanks. We're we're okay. We'll we'll, we'll be okay. Um, I love that it does the uh, thing in the franchise of like, and now the creature has wings, which uh, Pumpkinhead did with Pumpkinhead Two Blood Wings. Jeepers Creepers Two did. Like I love how uh, nine years old that logic is, where well, you're trying to up the ante for a sequel, and you're like, what if they fly now? And, and the Tremors logic is also the Matryoshka doll logic of it's really big. Well, we can't make it bigger, so let's just make it when you kill the big one, a small one comes out. And when you kill that one, a smaller one comes out. And then that one has wings Yeah, and, then, and shoots fire out of its butt. So we'll have the characters call it in scientific terminology... An ass blaster. An ass blaster. That's, you get killed by an ass blaster. Now, I, Tremors as a franchise, I I feel like the first Tremors is kind of the good one, and the other ones are bad ones. Yes. Can they that are, be attributed to Kevin Bacon? I I'm, I am comfortable uh, tacking that achievement to the chest of Kevin Bacon, that he, he was the reason the first Tremors 
uh, is a Stone Cold classic, and every other Tremors movie is bad to watch. Uh, but the other- you have to give Tremors some credit because Fred Ward has been in every one. Oh, They're yeah. They're like, if we can't get Fred, we're not moving forward with this series. You know, and God bless them for that because I feel like it's like them and Phantasm, right? Like, if you don't have uh, Reggie and Jody, like, it's... Uh, like, Hellraiser, I feel very bad about the fact that they've now done two different... Hellraiser movies without Doug Bradley's pinhead when that guy was the fucking linchpin that held that franchise together for like decades um, good on them for being like you know what if we don't have Fred Ward no Tremors sequel you know I am a total goober it's actually Michael Gross that plays Bert oh shit well <laughs> let's uh... <laughs> uh, Why fuck they... me <laughs> well see you said Fred Ward and I was like yeah that sounds right <laughs> sure uh, it's a guy's name you know what I'm keep I'm, I'm actually I'm keeping that in that's holy yeah. shit there was a 2003 television series yes you know there who was. it starred who Michael Gross Michael Gross <laughs> uh, nah, everyone that guy. Oh, beautiful like honestly this is like how Matthew Lillard carved out like a cottage industry for himself late career of just voicing Shaggy in every Scooby-Doo adaptation ever like, he did the live-action movie with Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Everyone went, oh, yeah, he kind of sounds like Shaggy. And then that motherfucker probably put his kids through college doing the Shaggy voice. So there has been a um, – there is a page on IMDb for the 2018 TV movies. Uh-huh. Do you know who's cast? According who's cast? to IMDb, Kevin Bacon. Surely, surely not. this is a rumor. There's right? no, there's no way they can afford Kevin Bacon. I don't know. They got that. They got that Sci-Fi Channel money. Well, Sci-Fi Channel's not what it used to be. Now they can get actual actors for this stuff. This is Bloomhouse is producing. Is this oh, a Jesus. joke? Well, I, I mean, feel like this, this is... is a trap. They have to legally tell me if this is a trap. <laughs> This is the kind of thing that, like, Bloody Disgusting would tease and be like, new Tremors movie with Kevin Bacon, and it turns out to, like, have video footage of Kevin Bacon from the original Tremors in it for, like, two seconds, and that's them claiming. Like the flashback uh, I, sequence ooh. where they have to pay him a residual check because they show his face. <laughs> right. Honestly, uh, I'm not, uh, boy, I sure do not care for Bloody Disgusting's reporting. Um, but yeah, so, all right, so where on the list do we want to put Tremors? What is I a would... comparable creature feature? Because the Graboid design is the pull for Tremors. Oh, the Graboids are unimpeachable as, as, a, as a creature design. It's it's a big fucking mouth that comes out of the ground. I mean, love. It, ain't the, um, I, it ain't the Gilman, that's for sure. It's not the Gilman, however. So I, I think uh, Tremors, definitely not better than... Uh, well, now let's see. Demons. Let's start with demons. Ooh. Is it better than the Dario Argento produced That is demons? really hard. Because demons yeah. is a batshit fun movie. It's so but fun. It You've got dudes with katanas on motorbikes. See, here's the question. Is it better to make a batshit movie and then like a sequel and then be done? Or is it better to create mm-hmm. a cool creature that's then... Uh, presented in diminishing returns. Uh, I am a big fan of running it, like beating a thing to death and then reviving the body, like rigging it up on wires, making it dance for more money and then beating that to death, which is what Tremors absolutely did. Um, I feel like going by that, I, I think Tremors is probably better than Demons, at least because while Demons is fun, 
Tremors to me is almost like it's kind of like Chud in that it's like a gold. Sta- it's one of the one of the old standards for like a good example of schlock, like a good example of just a straight up creature feature you can get from the local video store. It's a fun time, um, and I, I think honestly I have a special place in my heart. Okay, for here is the ultimate Friday night. Your home alone. Sci-Fi Channel, when it was spelled S-C-I-F-I, is airing uh-huh. a movie. Which are you going to eat your pizza with? Army of Darkness or Tremors? Ooh, okay. Army of Darkness or Tremors. I, hmm. I think I gotta give it to Tremors. No fucking way. Yeah, I think, honestly, gun to my head between Army of Darkness and Tremors for Friday Night Test. Wow. Ooh. Well, now I... uh, Now, I will say Army of Darkness is, although it's the best, like, entry into the Evil Dead franchise, it is, Mm -hmm. you know, not the best entry in the franchise. Right, it's the most technical. It's like it's it's the most ambitious and well done of them. But honestly, uh, seven days out of the week, I'm watching Evil Dead over Army yeah. of Darkness. Now, okay, which area right, better or worse, Ginger Snaps or Tremors? I would say Ginger Snaps is about a thing, and also occupies a place that I can't think of another. It's my favorite werewolf yeah. movie. Ginger like, Snaps it's, is it's fucking outstanding, important. Whereas Tremors yeah. is just cool. Yeah, Tremors so, is fun. We all love Tremors. Um, I yeah. I don't know if Tremors can go over the Ash vs. Evil Dead TV series. Yeah, and I feel like Ash vs. Evil Dead the TV series has uh, act- like moments of actual pathos in it, and also there's a bit where a kid gets thrown up into a ceiling fan, and it's like, yo, we're killing kids <laughs> on this show. Um, and I I just respect the gumption it takes to do that. However, uh, however. Yeah. I think it's better than Female Prisoner I, Scorpion. I think so, too. I think it's just a little bit better than Female Prisoner Scorpion Beast Stable because uh, Female Prisoner Scorpion Beast Stable, for me, is kind of... After that first 30 minutes, I feel like it kind of... There's a large, soggy middle in Female Prisoner Scorpion Beast Stable where Tremors is a rollicking good time. Also, throughout. Tremors gave me nightmares as a child, whereas this film <laughs> did not. Well, there we go. Well, that's also probably because you didn't see female female prisoner scorpion beast stable. That's that's fair. If you had, you I would yeah I would have been having dreams about that opening sequence with the shot with the severed arm and the the slow motion. All right, so um, Tremors yeah, so, is now at number seventy two. If you would like us yeah. to talk about a movie, um, head over to rankandvile.tumblr.com. Wild Tumblr is still a thing, and put your female presenting requests into the ask box. <laughs> Not your nipples, because by God, they will come for Or, you. Um, which might be a, a more permanently viable option, email us at rankandfilecast at gmail.com. Yeah, I, yeah I, I would say that that's where we usually look at uh, requests. Um, if you are on Twitter, uh, we are uh, permanently and uh, outstandingly shitposting uh, at all hours of the day at rankandvilecast. Uh, on Twitter, we are on uh, Letterboxd at Rank and Vile. We're on Instagram at Just Rank and Vile. We're on YouTube at Rank and Vilecast. Um, if you want to uh, check out that Amazon list that I mentioned earlier, if you just look up Rank and Vile supplies, it might show up. Or if you look up my name, it might show up. Or if you just want to send us something at random, um, 
we love things out there. Slide in the DMs. We'll talk to you. Um, if you want us <laughs> yep. to review your film or a ghoulish thing, uh, shoot us a message. I think that's all we want to do right now. Yeah, that's about all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Stay spooky, y'all. Later, folks. Bye.